0: Five of Mary Stuart by Friedrich Schiller, translated by Joseph Mellish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five. The scene the same as in the first act. Hannah Kennedy in deep mourning her eyes still red from weeping in great but quiet anguish is employed in sealing letters and parcels her sorrow often interrupts her occupation and she is seen at such intervals to pray in silence paulette and drury also in mourning enter followed by many servants who bear golden and silver vessels mirrors paintings and other valuables and fill the back part of the stage with them paulette delivers to the nurse a box of jewels and the paper and seems to inform her by signs that it contains the inventory of the effects the queen had brought with her at the sight of these riches the anguish of the nurse is renewed she sinks into a deep glowing melancholy during which Drury paulette and the servants silently retire melville enters melville
1: is it you behold are you again
2: yes faithful kennedy we meet once more
1: after this long long painful separation
2: a most unhappy bitter meeting this you come to take an everlasting leave of my dear queen to bid a last farewell
1: and now at length now on the fatal morn which brings her death they grant our royal lady the presence of her friends o oh, worthy sir i will not question you how you have fared nor tell you all the sufferings we've endured since you were torn away from us alas there will be time enough for that hereafter Oh, melville melville why was it our fate to see the dawn of this unhappy day
2: let us not melt each other with our grief throughout my whole remaining life as long as ever it may be. I'll sit and weep, a smile shall never more light up these cheeks, ne'er will I lay this sable garb beside, but lead henceforth a life of endless mourning. Yet on this last sad day, I will be firm, pledge to me your word to moderate your grief, and when the rest of comfort O oh, bereft. Abandoned to despair, wail around her. We will lead her with heroic resolution, and be her staff upon the road to death.
1: Melville, you are deceived if you suppose the Queen has need of your support to meet her death with firmness. She it is, my friend, who will exhibit the undaunted heart. Oh, trust me, Mary Stuart will expire as best becomes a heroine and queen."
2: received she firmly then the sad decree of death Te said she was not prepared
1: she was not yet they were far other terrors which made our lady shudder twas not death but her deliverer which made her tremble freedom was promised us this very night had Mortimer engaged to bear us hence, and thus the queen perplexed twixt hope and fear and doubting still if she should trust her honor and royal person to the adventurous youth sat waiting for the morning on a sudden we hear a boisterous tumult in the castle our ears are startled by repeated blows of many hammers and we think we hear the approach of our deliverers hope salutes us and suddenly and unresisted wakes the sweet desire of life and now at once the portals are thrown open it is who comes to tell us that, the carpenters erect beneath our feet the murderous scaffold.
2: O oh, God in heaven! Oh, tell me, then, how bore the queen this terrible vicissitude!
1: Not by degrees can we relinquish life. Quick, sudden, in the twinkling of an eye, the separation must be made, the change from temporal to eternal life. And God imparted to our mistress at this moment his grace to cast away the earthly hope, and firm and full of faith to mount the skies no sign of pallid fear dishonoured her no word of mourning till she heard the tidings of leicester's shameful treachery the sad fate of the deserving youth who sacrificed himself for her the deep the bitter anguish of that old knight who lost through her his last his only hope till then she shed no tear twas then her tears began to flow "'Twas not her own, but others' woe, which wrung them from her."
2: "'Where is she now? Can you not lead me to her?'
1: She spent the last remainder of the night in prayer, and from her dearest friends she took her last farewell in writing. Then she wrote her will with her own hand. She now enjoys a moment of repose. The latest slumber refreshes her weak spirits."
2: "'Who attends her?'
1: "'None but her women and physician Bourgoyne. You seem to look around you with surprise, your eyes appear to ask me what should mean this show of splendour in the house of death oh sir while yet we lived we suffered want but at our death plenty returns to us
0: enter margaret
1: curl how madam fares the queen is she awake
3: she is already dressed she asks for you
0: i go to melville who seems to wish to accompany her but follow not until the queen has been prepared
1: to see you exit
3: melville sure the ancient steward
2: yes the same
3: oh sir this is a house which needs no steward now melville you come from london can you give no tidings of my husband
2: it is said he will be set at liberty as soon
3: as soon as our dear queen shall be no more oh the unworthy the disgraceful traitor he is our lady's murderer tis said it was his testimony which condemned her
2: tis true
3: Oh curse upon him be his soul condemned for ever he has borne false witness
2: think madam what you say
3: i will maintain it with every sacred oath before the court i will repeat it in his very face the world shall hear of nothing
1: else i say that she dies innocent
2: god grant it true
1: enter hannah kennedy go madam and require a cup of wine tis for our lady
2: is the queen then sick
1: she thinks that she is strong she is deceived by her heroic courage she believes she has no need of nourishment yet still a hard and painful task allotted her her enemies shall not enjoy the triumph they shall not say that fear hath blanched her cheeks when her fatigues have conquered human weakness
2: may i approach her
0: she will come herself enter burgoyne two women of the chamber follow him weeping and in deep mourning
4: Oh
2: melville Oh burgoyne
0: They embrace silently.
3: She chose to be alone. She wishes,
0: at this awful moment,
3: for the last time, to commune with her God.
0: Enter Margaret Curl, bearing a golden cup of wine. She places it hastily upon the table and leans, pale and trembling, against a chair.
2: How, madam, what has frightened you?
0: Oh, gods!
2: Speak, madam.
3: What? alas have i beheld
2: come to yourself and say what you have seen
3: as i went down the staircase which conducts to the great hall below a door stood open i looked into the chamber and i saw oh heaven
2: what saw you
3: all the walls were hung with black a spacious scaffold too o'erspread with sable cloth was raised above the floor and in the middle of the scaffold stood a dreadful sable block upon it lay a naked polished axe the hall was full of cruel people crowding round the scaffold who with a horrid thirst for human blood seemed waiting for the victim gracious heaven protect our queen
2: be calm the queen approaches
0: enter mary in white and sumptuously arrayed as for a festival she wears hanging from her neck on a row of small beads an agnes dye a rosary hangs from her girdle she bears a crucifix in her hand and a diadem of precious stones binds her hair her large black veil is thrown back on her entrance all present fall back on both sides with the most violent expressions of anguish Melville falls involuntarily upon his knees. Why these complaints? Why weep
5: ye? Ye should rather rejoice with me, that now at length the end of my long woe approaches, that my shackles fall off, my prison opens, and my soul delighted mounts on seraph's wings and seeks the land of everlasting liberty when I was offered up to the oppression of my proud enemy, was forced to suffer ignoble taunts and insults most unfitting a free and sovereign queen, then was the time to weep for me. But as an earnest friend, beneficent and healing death approaches. All the indignities which I have suffered on earth are covered by his sable wings the most degraded criminals ennobled by his last sufferings, by his final exit. I feel again the crown upon my brows, and dignity possess my swelling soul. How Melville here! My worthy sir, not so. Arise! You rather come in time to see the triumph of your mistress than her death. One comfort, which I never had expected, is granted me, That after death my name will not be quite abandoned to my foes. One friend at least, one partner of my faith, Will be my witness in the hour of death. Say, honest Melville, how you fared the while In this inhospitable hostile land. For since the time they tore you from my side, My fears for you have oft depressed my soul.
2: No other evil galled me but my grief for thee, And that I wanted power to serve thee.
5: How fares my chamberlain, old Didier! But sure the faithful servant Long had slept the sleep of death, For he was full of years.
2: God hath not granted him as yet this grace. He lives to see the grave overwhelm thy youth.
5: Oh, could I but have felt before my death The happiness of pressing one descendant Of the dear blood of Stuart to my bosom. But I must suffer in a foreign land, None but my servants to bewail my fate. Sir, to your loyal bosom I commit my latest wishes. Bear then, sir, my blessing to the most Christian king, my royal brother, and the whole royal family of France. I bless the cardinal, my honoured uncle, and also Henry Guise, my noble cousin. I bless the holy father, the vicegerent of Christ on earth, who will, I trust, bless me. I bless the king of Spain, who nobly offered himself as my deliverer, my avenger. They are remembered in my will. I hope that they will not despise, how poor soe'er they be, the presence of a heart which loves them. Turning to her servants, I have bequeathed you to my royal brother of France. He will protect you. He will give you another country and a better home. And if my last desire have any weight, stay not in England. Let no haughty Briton glut his proud heart with your calamities. Nor see those in the dust who once were mine. Swear by this image of our suffering Lord To leave this fatal land when I'm no more. Melville, touching the crucifix.
2: I swear obedience in the name of all.
5: What I, though poor and plundered, still possess, Of which I am allowed to make disposal, Shall be amongst you shared. For I have hope in this at least my will may be fulfilled. And what I wear upon my way to death is yours. Nor envy me on this occasion the pomp of earth upon the road to heaven. To the ladies of her chamber. To you, my Alice Gertrude Rosamund, I leave my pearls, my garments. You are young, and ornament may still delight your hearts. You, Margaret, possess the nearest claims. To you I should be generous, for I leave you the most unhappy woman of them all. That I have not avenged your husband's fault on you I hope my legacy will prove. The worth of gold, my Hannah, charms not thee, nor the magnificence of precious stones. My memory, I know, will be to thee the dearest jewel. Take this handkerchief. I worked it for thee in the hours of sorrow with my own hands, and my hot, scalding tears are woven in the texture. You will bind my eyes with this when it is time. This last sad service I would wish but from my Hannah.
1: Oh, Melville, I cannot support it. Come,
0: come all, and now receive my last farewell. She stretches forth her hands. The women violently weeping fall successively at her feet and kiss her outstretched hand. Margaret, farewell.
5: My Alice, fare thee well. Thanks, Burgoyne, for thy honest, faithful service. Thy lips are hot, my Gertrude. I have been much hated, yet have been as much beloved. May a deserving husband bless my Gertrude, for this warm, glowing heart is formed for love. Bertha, thy choice is better. Thou hadst rather become the chaste and pious bride of heaven. O haste thee to fulfill thy vows. The goods of earth are all deceitful. Thou mayst learn this lesson from thy queen. No more. Farewell.
0: Farewell. Farewell, my friends. Farewell for ever." She turns suddenly from them. All but Melville retire at different sides.
5: I have arranged all temporal concerns and hope to leave the world in debt to none. Melville, one thought alone there is which binds my troubled soul, nor suffers it to fly delighted and at liberty to heaven.
2: Disclose it to me. Ease your bosom, thrust your doubts, your sorrows, to your faithful friend.
5: I see eternity's abyss before me. Soon must I stand before the highest judge, and have not yet appeased the Holy One. A priest of my religion is denied me, and i disdain to take the sacrament the holy heavenly nourishment from priests of a false faith i die in the belief of my own church for that alone can save
2: compose your heart the fervent pious wish is is prized in heaven as high as a performance the might of tyrants can but bind the hands the heart's devotion rises free to god the word is dead tis faith which brings to life
5: the heart is not sufficient of itself. Our faith must have some earthly pledge to ground its claim to the high bliss of heaven. For this our God became incarnate, and enclosed mysteriously His unseen heavenly grace within an outward figure of a body. The Church it is, the Holy One, the High One, which rears for us the ladder up to heaven. Tis called the Catholic Apostolic Church, for tis but general faith can strengthen faith. Where thousands worship and adore, The heat breaks out in flames. And borne on eagle wings, The soul mounts upwards To the heaven of heavens. Ah, happy they, Who for the glad communion Of pious prayer meet in the house of God! The altar is adorned, the tapers blaze, The bell invites, the incense soars on high, The bishop stands enrobed, he takes the cup, And blessing it, declares the solemn mystery the transformation of the elements. And the believing people fall delighted to worship and adore the present Godhead. Alas, I only am debarred from this. The heavenly benediction pierces not my prison walls. Its comfort is denied me.
2: Yes, it can pierce them. Put thy trust in him who is almighty, in the hand of faith, the withered staff can send forth verdant branches and he who from the rock code living water he can prepare an altar in this prison can change
0: seizing the cup which stands upon the table
2: the earthly contents of this cup into a substance of celestial grace
5: melville oh yes i understand you melville here is no priest no church no sacrament But the Redeemer says, When two or three are in my name assembled, I am with them. What consecrates the priest? Say what ordains him to be the Lord's interpreter. A heart devoid of guile, and a reproachless conduct. Well then, though unordained, be you my priest. To you will I confide my last confession, and take my absolution from your lips.
2: If then thy heart be with such zeal inflamed, I tell thee that for thine especial comfort The Lord may work a miracle. Thou seest, here is no priest, No church, no sacrament. Thou erst here is a priest, Here is a God. A God descends to thee in real presence.
0: At these words he uncovers his head And shows a host in a golden vessel.
2: I am a priest to hear thy last confession and to announce to thee the peace of god upon thy way to death i have received upon my head the seven consecrations i bring thee from his holiness this host which for thy use himself hast deigned to bless
5: is then a heavenly happiness prepared to cheer me on the very verge of death as an immortal one on golden clouds descends as once the angel from on high delivered the apostle from his fetters. He scorns all bars, he scorns the soldier's sword, he steps undaunted through the bolted portals and fills the dungeon with his native glory. Thus here the messenger of heaven appears, when every earthly champion had deceived me. And you, my servant once, are now the servant of the Most High and his immortal word." as before me your knees were wont to bend before you humbled
0: now i kiss the dust she sinks before him on her knees melville making over her the sign of the cross
2: here mary queen of scotland in the name of god the father son and holy ghost hast thou examined carefully thy heart swearest thou art thou prepared in thy confession to speak the truth before the god of truth
5: before my god and thee my heart lies open
2: what calls thee to the presence of the highest
5: i humbly do acknowledge to have erred most grievously i tremble to approach sullied with sin the god of purity
2: declare the sin which weighs so heavily upon thy conscience since thy last confession
5: my heart was filled with thoughts of envious hate And vengeance took possession of my bosom. I hope forgiveness of my sins from God, Yet could I not forgive my enemy.
2: Repentest thou of the sin? Art thou in sooth resolved to leave this world at peace with all?
5: As surely as I wish the joys of heaven.
2: What other sin hath armed thy heart against thee?
5: Ah, not alone through hate. Through lawless love have I still more abused the sovereign good. My heart was vainly turned towards the man who left me in misfortune, who deceived me.
2: Repentest thou of the sin, and hast thou turned thy heart from this idolatry to God?
5: It was the hardest trial I have passed. This last of earthly bonds is torn asunder.
2: What other sin disturbs thy guilty conscience?
5: A bloody crime, indeed of ancient date, and long ago confessed. Yet with new terrors it now attacks me. Black and grisly steps across my path and shuts the gates of heaven. By my connivance fell the king, my husband. I gave my hand and heart to a seducer. By rigid penance I have made atonement, yet in my soul the worm is gnawing still.
2: Hast then thy heart no other accusation which hath not been confessed and washed away?
5: All you have heard with which my heart is charged.
2: Think on the presence of omniscience. Think on the punishments with which the church threatens imperfect and reserved confessions. This is the sin to everlasting death, for this is sinning against his Holy Spirit.
5: So may eternal grace with victory crown my last contest, as I wittingly have nothing hid.
2: How? Wilt thou then conceal the crime from God for which thou art condemned? Thou tellst me nothing of the share thou hadst in Babington and Paris' bloody treason. Thou diest for this a temporal death for this wilt thou too die the everlasting death
5: i am prepared to meet eternity within the narrow limits of an hour i shall appear before my judge's throne but i repeat it my confession's ended
2: consider well the heart is a deceiver thou hast perhaps with sly equivocation the word avoided which would make thee guilty although thy will was party to the crime remember that no juggler's tricks can blind the eye of fire which darts through every breast
5: tis true that i have called upon all princes to free me from unworthy chains yet tis as true that neither by intent or deed have i attempted my oppressor's life
2: your secretaries then have witnessed falsely
5: it is as i have said What they have witnessed, the Lord will judge.
2: Thou mountest then, satisfied of thy own innocence, the fatal scaffold?
5: God suffers me in mercy to atone, by undeserved death, my youth's transgressions.
0: Melville, making over her the sign of the cross.
2: Go then, and expiate them all by death. Sink a devoted victim on the altar, then shall thy blood atone the blood thou'rt spilt. From female frailty were derived thy faults. Free from the weakness of mortality, the spotless spirit seeks the blessed abodes. Now then, by the authority which God hath unto me committed, I absolve thee from all thy sins. Be as thy faith thy welfare.
0: He gives her the host.
2: Receive the body which for thee was offered.
0: He takes the cup which stands upon the table, consecrates it with silent prayer then presents it to her she hesitates to take it and makes signs to him to withdraw it
2: receive the blood which for thy sins was shed receive it tis allowed thee by the pope to exercise in death the highest office of kings the holy office of the priesthood
0: she takes the cup
2: and as thou now in this his earthly body hast held with god mysterious communion so mayst thou henceforth in this realm of joy where sin no more exists nor tears of woe a fair transfigured spirit join thyself for ever with the godhead and for ever he
0: sets down the cup hearing a noise he covers his head and goes to the door mary remains in silent devotion on her knees melville returning
2: a painful conflict is in store for thee Feel'st thou within thee strength enough to smother each impulse of malignity and hate?
5: I fear not a relapse. I have to God devoted both my hatred and my love.
2: Well then, prepare thee to receive my lords of Leicester and of Burley. They are here.
0: Enter Burley, Leicester, and Paulet. Leicester remains in the background without raising his eyes. Burley, who remarks his confusion steps between him and the queen
4: i come my lady stuart to receive your last commands and wishes
0: thanks my lord
4: it is the pleasure of my royal mistress that nothing reasonable be denied you
5: my will my lord declares my last desires i've placed it in the hands of sir amias and humbly beg that it may be fulfilled
4: you may rely on this
5: I beg that all my servants unmolested may return to France or Scotland as their wishes lead.
4: It shall be as you wish.
5: And since my body is not to rest in consecrated ground, I pray you suffer this my faithful servant to bear my heart to France, to my relations. Alas, t'was ever there.
4: It shall be done. What wishes else?
5: Unto Her Majesty of England bear a sister's salutation. Tell her that from the bottom of my heart I pardon her my death. Most humbly, too, I crave her to forgive me for the passion with which I spoke to her. May God preserve her, and bless her with a long and prosperous reign.
4: Say, do you still adhere to your resolve, and still refuse assistance from the dean?
5: My lord, I've made my peace with God. To Paulette. Good sir, I have unwittingly caused you much sorrow, bereft you of your age's only stay let me hope
0: you do not hate my name. Paulette giving her his hand.
4: The Lord be with you. Go your way in peace.
0: Hannah Kennedy and the other women of the Queen crowd into the room with marks of horror. The sheriff follows them, a white staff in his hand. Behind are seen, through the open doors, men under arms. What ails thee, Hannah? Yes, my hour is come. THE SHERIFF COMES
5: TO LEAD ME TO MY FATE, AND PART WE MUST. Farewell. WE We WILL will NOT not LEAVE leave THEE, thee.
1: WE We WILL 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 NOT not PART part from FROM THEE.
5: Mary TO MELVILLE. YOU, WORTHY SIR, AND MY DEAR FAITHFUL HANNAH, SHALL ATTEND ME IN MY LAST MOMENTS. I AM SURE MY LORD WILL NOT REFUSE MY HEART THIS CONSOLATION.
4: FOR THIS I HAVE NO WARRANT.
5: HOW, MY LORD? CAN YOU DENY ME, THEN, THIS SMALL PETITION? "'Respect my sex! Who shall attend me else and yield me the last service? Sure, it never can be my sister's pleasure that in me my sex should be insulted, that these men with their rude hands should touch my royal person.'
4: "'Tis ordered that no woman shall ascend the scaffold steps with you. Their tears and moans—'
5: "'She shall not weep, my lord, she shall not moan. I answer for my henna's resolution. Be merciful.' Divide me not so soon from my true foster-mother, from my friend. She bore me on her arms into this life. Let her then gently lead me to my death. Be it so. I now have nothing in this world to wish for more.
0: She takes the crucifix and kisses it.
5: My God, my Comforter, my blessed Redeemer, as once thy arms were stretched upon the cross, let them be now
0: extended to receive me she turns round to go at the same moment her eyes fall upon lester who on her going starts involuntarily and turns his eyes toward her at this sight mary trembles her knees fail her she is about to fall when lester catches at her and receives her in his arms she regards him for some time earnestly and in silence he cannot support her looks At length she speaks.
5: You keep your word, my lord of Leicester, for you promised me your arm to lead me forth from prison, and you lend it to me now. At length the wished-for day is come, and what was oft the object of my fondest dreams is now accomplished, and the Earl of Leicester, the long-expected, the long-wished-for friend, appears at length in Fotheringay Castle. I see him standing in my prison. All is ready for the journey. All the gates stand open and at length I cross the threshold conducted by his hand. And now I leave these dismal walls behind me and for ever. All is fulfilled and you have saved your honor. Yes, Lester, not for liberty alone I wished to be indebted to your hands. You should have made me bless that liberty. Led by your hand and happy in your love, I hoped once more to taste the joys of life. Yes, now that I'm prepared from all the world to part, and to become a happy spirit, whom earthly inclinations tempt no more. Now, Lester, I may venture to confess without a blush the frailty I have conquered. Farewell, my lord, and if you can, be happy. To woo two queens has been your daring aim. You have disdained a tender, loving heart, betrayed it in the hope to win a proud one. Kneel at the feet of Queen Elizabeth. May your reward not prove your punishment. Farewell. I now have nothing more
0: on earth. She goes, preceded by the sheriff, at her side Melville and her nurse, Burleigh and paulet follow the others wailing follow her with their eyes till she disappears they then retire through the other two doors
6: do i live still can i still bear to live will not this roof fall down and bury me yawns no abyss to swallow in its gulf the veriest wretch on earth What? have i lost oh what a pearl have i not cast away what bliss celestial madly dashed aside she's gone a spirit purged from earthly stain and the despair of hell remains for me where is the purpose now with which i came to stifle my heart's voice in callous scorn To see her head descend upon the block With unaverted and indifferent eyes. How doth her presence wake my slumbering shame? Must she in death surround me with love's toils? Lost, wretched man! No more it suits thee now To melt away in womanly compassion. Love's golden bliss lies not upon thy path, then arm thy breast in panoply of steel, and henceforth be thy brows of adamant. Wouldst thou not lose the garden of thy guilt, thou must uphold, complete it daringly. Pity, be dumb, mine eyes, be petrified, I'll see, I will be witness of her fall.
0: He advances with resolute steps towards the door, through which Mary passed but stop suddenly halfway
6: no no the terrors of all hell possess me i cannot look upon the dreadful deed i cannot see her die hark what was that they are already there beneath my feet the bloody business is preparing hark i hear their voices hence away away from this abode of misery and
0: death he attempts to escape by another door finds it locked and returns
6: how does some demon chain me to this spot to hear what i would shudder to behold that voice it is the dean's exhorting her she interrupts him hark she prays aloud her voice is firm now all is still quite still And sobs and women's moans are all I hear. Now they undress her, they remove the stool, she kneels upon the cushion, lays her head.
0: Having spoken these last words and paused a while, he is seen with a convulsive motion suddenly to shrink and faint away. A confused hum of voices is heard at the same moment from below, and continues for some time. The second chamber in the fourth act. Elizabeth, entering from a side door, her gait and action expressive of the most violent uneasiness.
7: No message yet arrived—what? No one here? Will evening never come? Stands the sun still in its ethereal course? I can no more remain upon the rack of expectation—is it accomplished, is it not? I shudder at both events and do not dare to ask—my lord of Leicester comes not. Burley too, whom I appointed to fulfil the sentence. If they have quitted London, then tis done, the bolt has left its rest, it cuts the air, it strikes, has struck already. Were my realm at stake, I could not now arrest its course. Who's there? Enter a page. Returned alone. Where are the lords? My lord High Treasurer and the Earl of Leicester. Where are they? They are not in London. No. Where are they, then? That no one could inform me. Before the dawn mysteriously in haste they quitted London,
0: I am queen of England walking up and down in the greatest agitation.
7: Go call me. No, remain, boy. She is dead. Now have I room upon the earth at last. Why do I shake? Whence comes this anguish dread? My fears are covered by the grave. Who dares to say I did it? I have tears enough in store to weep, her fool are you still here command my secretary davison to come to me this instant let the earl of shrewsbury be summoned here he comes
0: exit page enter
7: shrewsbury welcome my noble lord what tidings say it cannot be a trifle which hath led your footsteps hither at so late an hour
8: my liege the doubts that hung upon my heart and dutiful concern for your fair fame directed me this morning to the tower where mary's secretaries gnaw and curl are now confined as prisoners for i wished once more to put their evidence to proof on my arrival the lieutenant seemed embarrassed and perplexed refused to show me his prisoners but my threats obtained admittance god what a sight was there with frantic looks with hair dishevelled on his pallet lay the scot like one tormented by a fury The miserable man no sooner saw me than at my feet he fell, and there, with screams clasping my knees and writhing like a worm, implored, conjured me to acquaint him with his sovereign's destiny, for vague reports had somehow reached the dungeons of the tower that she had been condemned to suffer death. When I confirmed these tidings, adding too that on his evidence she had been doomed, he started wildly up, caught by the throat his fellow-prisoner with the giant strength of madness tore him to the ground and tried to strangle him no sooner had we saved the wretch from his fierce grapple than at once he turned his rage against himself and beat his breast with savage fists then cursed himself and his companions to the depths of hell his evidence was false the fatal letters to babington which he had sworn were true he now denounced, as forgeries. For he had set down words the queen had never spoken. The traitor Naw had led him to this treason. Then ran he to the casement, threw it wide with frantic force, and cried into the street so loud that all the people gathered round, I am the man, Queen Mary's secretary. The traitor who accused his mistress falsely, I bore false witness and am cursed for ever.
7: "'You said yourself that he had lost his wits. "'A madman's words prove nothing.'
8: "'Yet this madness serves in itself to swell the proof. "'My liege, let me conjure thee. "'Be not over hasty. prithee, give order for a new inquiry.'
7: "'I will, my lord, because it is your wish. "'Not that I can believe my noble peers "'have in this case pronounced a hasty judgment. "'To set your mind at rest, "'the inquiry shall be straight renewed. "'Well that is not too late.' Upon the honour of our royal name, no, not the shadow of a doubt shall rest.
0: Enter Davison.
7: The sentence, sir, which I have but late entrusted unto your keeping. Where is it?
2: The sentence?
7: Which yesterday I gave into your charge.
2: Into my charge, my liege.
7: The people urged and baited me to sign it. I perforce was driven to yield obedience to their will. I did so, did so on extreme constraint, and in your hands deposited the paper. To gain time was my purpose. You remember what then I told you. Now the paper, sir.
8: Restore it, sir. Affairs have changed since then. The inquiry must be set on foot anew. Anew. Eternal
2: mercy.
7: Why this pause, this hesitation? Where, sir, is the
2: paper? I am undone. Undone. My fate is sealed.
7: Let me not fancy, sir.
2: Oh, I am lost. I have it not.
7: How? What?
8: Oh God in
2: heaven! It is in Burley's hands since yesterday.
7: Wretch! Is it thus you have obeyed my orders? Did I not lay my strict injunction on you to keep it carefully?
2: No such injunction was laid on me, my liege.
7: Give me the lie? opprobrious wretch! When did I order you to give the paper into Burley's hands?
2: Never expressly in so many words
7: and paltering villain i dare you then presume to construe as you list my words and lay your bloody meaning on them woe betide you if evil come of this officious deed your life shall answer the event to me earl shrewsbury you see how my good name has been abused
8: i see o oh, god in heaven
7: what say you
8: if the knight has dared to act in this upon his own authority without the knowledge of your majesty he must be cited to the court of peers to answer there for subjecting thy name to the abhorrence of all after time
0: enter Burley.
4: long life and
8: glory to my royal mistress and may
4: all enemies of her dominions end like this stuart
0: shrewsbury hides his face davison wrings his hand in despair speak my lord
7: did you from me receive the warrant
4: no my queen from davison And
7: did he in my name deliver it?
4: No, that I cannot say.
7: And dared you then to execute the writ thus hastily, nor wait to know my pleasure? Just was the sentence, we are free from blame before the world, yet it behooved thee not to intercept our natural clemency. For this, my lord, I banish you my presence, and as this forward will was yours alone, bear you alone the curse of the misdeed. To Davison. For you, sir, who have traitorously o'erstepped the bounds of your commission, and betrayed a sacred pledge entrusted to your care, a more severe tribunal is prepared. Let him be straight conducted to the tower, and capital arraignments filed against him. My honest Talbot, you alone have proved amongst all my counsellors an upright man. You shall henceforward be my guide, my friend.
8: Oh, banish not the truest of your friends nor cast those into prison who for you have acted who for you are silent now but suffer me great queen to give the seal which these 12 years i've borne unworthily back to your royal hands and take my leave
7: no shrewsbury you surely would not now desert me no not now
8: pardon i am too old And this right hand is growing too stiff To set the seal upon your later deeds.
7: Will he forsake me who has saved my life?
8: Tis little I have done. I could not save your nobler part. Live, govern happily, your rival's dead. Henceforth you've nothing more to fear. Henceforth to nothing pay regard.
0: Exit. Elizabeth to the Earl of Kent who enters. Send for the Earl of Leicester.
4: He desires to be excused. He is embarked for France.
0: The Curtain Drops End of Act 5 End of Mary Stuart by Friedrich Schiller Translated by Joseph Mellish